Put up with Bruce Beatles and Mark Long, and of course, somewhere running around uh, the studio is the incredible Sarah Myers, who uh, we're going to kick it over to news here in just a second. But we've got a lot coming up uh, that we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to start off. It's the holiday season. It should be happy, right? It should be happy. It should be happy. So we're going to kick it off with a little talk about uh, Happiness Lab. It's a podcast, and we're going to kind of give you some information on that. Um, And then we're going to get into kind of some workplace issues, and I think that's going to be some good content. But before we get into all that, let's get to news with Sarah Myers. A Sarcoxy man has died following a train collision in Jasper County on Christmas Day. The Missouri State Highway Patrol reports that a Kansas City Southern locomotive struck 26-year-old Rannon Chili's on the railroad tracks around 9.45 p.m. This is Troop D's 134th fatality for 2022. An off-duty St. Louis County police officer was killed the morning of Christmas Eve in an apparent murder-suicide. The Lincoln County Sheriff's Office said police officer Robert Woods was identified as the victim in the incident. Woods was 36 years old and served five years on the St. Louis County Police Department. The second victim was not identified, nor motive was identified by the Lincoln County Sheriff's Office. And Governor Mike Parson announced the date for the annual State of the State Address. The speech is set for 3 p.m. on Wednesday, January 18th. Parson is expected to announce the 2024 fiscal year budget proposal and legislative priorities during the address. The address will come a few weeks into the 2023 legislative session. Springfield's Talk 104.1. I'm Sarah Myers. Thank you, sir. Are your first alert forecast for... It is December 27th already. I'm not sure how that happened. First alert forecast today, partly sunny, high near 39. Wind chill values as low as 2. I think that's about enough of that nonsense. Tonight, mostly clear, low around 29. Wind chill values as low as 21. Wednesday, we start going in the right direction. Sunny, high near 53. Thursday, partly sunny, high of 64. Friday, mostly cloudy, high around 54. And Saturday, a little bit of rain. Just to kind of drown out the weekend a little bit. Mark, how are you doing this morning? I am doing awesome, Bruce. Did you have a good weekend, all the holiday festivities? Thank goodness it's over. <laughs> <laughs> We're raising grandkids now, so it was uh, it was a lot more exciting around my house than it has been in the last uh, several years. Personally, I believe that's what Christmas should be about, is grandkids running crazy and chaos and wrapping paper flying everywhere and bows and everything else. So it was awesome. Good times, good times. Went to Silver Dollar City last night. I don't know that that's ever a wise move. It was cold. <laughs> Not when it's 11 degrees out. <laughs> <laughs> so, any rate, hey, let's uh, let's kick in. Uh, tell us about the Happiness Lab. I know this is a podcast that you've listened to quite a bit. Um, and uh, just tell us a little bit about what is that, what is that all about? Well, what I'd like to talk about a little bit is... is um, there's very few things, I think, Bruce, that really have an impact that change your life. Right. And for the Happiness Lab, for me, I, I think it, it changed my life because it gave me perspective on really what's important. I, I think I, I've always been blessed. I've always had um, great relationships, health, all the things that people you think should be happy about. 
And then you, you read this happiness lab and, and it reaffirms everything that you know and it, it, it pinpoints the reasons why you're happy and, and it helps you if you're struggling with certain things. So um, the backstory behind this is the Yale professor, um, Dr. Lori Santos, what she was doing is she was noticing reading studies that students in her classes, she, she taught psychology, students in her classes experienced anxiety, they were unhappy. And this is a Yale professor. These students were accomplished generally. Generally, they had money. Um, so they weren't, they weren't struggling with some of the issues that other people struggle with that you associate with unhappiness. And she says, why are these accomplished students, bright students, um, smart students, wealthy students, why are they unhappy? So she started studying happiness. And she went to her dean and she said, look, I want to I sponsor a class on happiness. And <laughs> She said she expected maybe 30 students are going to sign up for this. And they, they gave her the green light, and she went ahead. After a few days that they opened registration for the Happiness Lab, Psychology 157 on The Good Life, uh, roughly 300 people had signed up. Oh, my goodness. Within three days, that figure had doubled. And then after three days more, 1,200 students, or nearly one-fourth of Yale undergraduates, were enrolled in the Happiness Lab. It turned out to be the most popular course in Yale's 316-year history. <laughs> you know, that, that just tells us, though, where we are at as a society. You know, there is so much gloom and doom, and I think we see that even more now uh, after COVID. One of the podcasts that I, I frequent, uh, Craig Rochelle, who's uh, with Life Church, but he does a leadership podcast, which is not associated with the church, but it... Uh, he talks a lot about, you know, dealing with people these days and post-COVID especially and how we have to be more than just a boss. Uh, as a business owner, you know, I spend a lot of time, what do I, what can I do for my employees? And a lot of what he talks about is, you know, we've got to be uh, not just a business owner. We've got to be um, a counselor. We've got to be an encourager. We've got to be, you know, all these things because people have lost sight of what it is, where it is that they find that joy. Well, I also think we need to be, you know, that all those traits that you just talked about fall under leadership. We mm -hmm. have to be, as business owners, we have to be good leaders. Right. And one of the things I notice with a lot of applicants that come into our businesses is, is that, um, they need a mentor, and we'll talk about that in the next segment and how it's really important to find someone who's successful and, right. and who you know can give you good advice because some of the resumes that you come see come across your desk, you're shocked that people put that on paper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's truth to that. <laughs> so anyway, going back to the happiness lab, um, Dr. Lori Santos started studying happiness. What makes people happy? Why is it that... Um, some people are happy and some people are miserable. And she quotes a study that actually went back. John F. Kennedy was in the original study. They have studied a group of people for the last 80 years. It's one of the longest lasting studies that they've ever done. And they've looked at people from two socioeconomic groups, people in the inner city of Baltimore and people from the upper class in the um, Martha's Vineyard area. Um, and, and they compared the two. And you would think that that would be um, very distinct and that um, certain people that were raised poor and in the inner city would have 
challenges, and then people that were in the upper crust would also have um, – uh, would be happy. But they found that wasn't the case, and we could talk about that a little more after the break. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Good morning. It is the Nick Reed Show, filling in this morning for Nick. I'm Bruce Beatles here with Mark Long. Somewhere running around the studio is the social media guru, Sarah Myers. We are uh, in the middle of talking about happiness. And uh, it uh, it's a little evasive sometimes. It's evasive for a lot of people. Bruce, you know, it's always it always just amazes me. You know, we get to the holidays and the happy time of the year, and it seems like those are the times that we have more conversations that are about uh, unhappy and and miserable and all of that. But um, we just got started talking on on this uh, this course, this this podcast that um, about the happiness lab and about things that that make people happy what is it that that helps people to be happy or or unhappy and you know honestly some people i think are i've met a lot of people that are just they're just dead set on being unhappy no matter what and there are people that are happy no matter what their circumstances are no matter what life delivers them and i want to be the latter rather than the I was former, say, so. I, tr- I try for that one <laughs> yes well, you know, going back to um, the Happiness Lab with Dr. Lori Santos, what she had discovered is, is as she looked at some of the students that came into her class and how they expressed a, a large degree of unhappiness or dissatisfaction with life or where they're at with life, even though they're one of the successful people, um, you would expect those people to be happy. And so she started, why? Why is it that these people are unhappy? And some of the things that kind of percolated to the top is is that there are certain things about happy people. They have certain traits and characteristics um, that they express and that they they follow in their lives that create a lot of happiness. Um, she also discovered that if you copy and you mimic those same traits, that you too can have a certain degree of happiness that you might not otherwise have. So. One of the things that she discovered, and I mean, you could distill her studies into a few things, a few truisms, if you will, is that you know one of the one of the traits of happy people is that they express gratitude. Yeah, that attitude of gratitude. That, and you know, it's it's so much. What are you focused on? What are you looking for? Um, I, I tell people that you know regularly. If you're looking for something, you're going to find it. Right. You know. Right. Are you are you looking for? people's good traits or are you looking for people's bad traits are you looking for you know success or are you looking for, you know is your mindset well everything i touch is going to fail you'll, well you'll find what you're looking for you know I, I was standing in starbucks the other day um yesterday actually and um there's a guy who walks in he's walks behind me and we get talking and he's happy he waves to all the staff behind the counter um, he knows them by name. He, um, you know, and quite frankly, there was a long line. Um, and so me, I walk in and I'm I'm mad that there's four people in front of me. He walks in <laughs> and he's the fifth person behind me. And he's chatting me up. Hey, how was your Christmas? How's everything going? Uh, he's waving to the staff. He goes, hey, did you get back from your vacation? He He knows who they are. He knows that one of them went on vacation. He knows, you know, the, their routines. Hey, is so-and-so here today? Oh, no, she took the day off. And I, there was this stark comparison between his attitude and my attitude when I walked in there. Yeah. Um, and 
I'd rather be him than me. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I encourage my people. We have morning meetings every every morning at work, and I encourage my people wherever you go, um, call people by name. You walk into uh, the store uh, if they're if you're in a store and they're selling stuff, chances are they have a name tag on. Uh, you don't have to know them real well. Call them by name. How are you doing? Take an interest in, and you know I tell them just take a minute. Right. If you're if you're a come and go, if you're at you know whatever wherever you're stopping. Um, you know, there's fast food, whether it's like you said, Starbucks or whatever the, the case may be, man, take a moment. And it, it is amazing to me. Um, we, we have a couple of, of businesses that we have frequented over the years that have a reputation for an individual there being just cranky. <clears throat> and my wife and I do this. And my wife is really good at it. Walk in, call them by name, talk to them. How are they doing? And it's amazing to see how their whole demeanor will change. Yeah, everything yeah. changes, and suddenly, man, you get great customer service that way. It, it really <laughs> is. You know, we we do business with a lot of different companies, and there was one guy that was particularly cranky. Every time I would go in there, I learned his name. I started talking to him a little bit. I'll tell you what, he's called me several times. His His whole attitude changes whenever he's around me. I think he's still cranking around other people. <laughs> it's, it's you know, so much about just being cared about. Right. But. Well, you know, in, in addition to expressing gratitude, one of the things that happy people do is they display random acts of kindness, that they're generous, that they mm-hmm. give of their, their time, their talent, and their treasure. And it's, it's interesting because I tell the story um, – when I started re- listening to this podcast, um, I read this, Display Random Acts of Kindness. And I'm in Come and Go one day. Kid comes up to me, and I'm filling up my soda. And he goes, sir, do you know how much these sodas cost, what the medium is? Versus, he goes, I know you don't work here, but how much does this thing cost? I don't know. And um, he goes, well, I only have this amount of money. I said, well, get the large. I think you have enough. And so when I go up to the counter, I tell them, hey, he's got a large soda without him knowing about it. And I want to get out of the store as quickly as I possibly can because, you know, I don't want any recognition or anything. It cost me $1.79. <laughs> and I swear, the kid came up to the counter as I'm walking out the door. I hear him, uh, the cashier, tell him, no, the gentleman in front of you paid. And he comes running out after me. And he's, sir, thank you so much. You just made my day. Oh, I can't believe it. That dollar seventy nine has brought me so much happiness. I've told the story twenty times already. Yeah. Um, and and so I I think that sometimes those random acts of kindness are the impression that they are the impact that they have both on you and the person that you give them to uh, just are taken for granted sometimes. Yep. Are not done enough. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Hey, we are up on a break. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Good morning, Nick Reed Show. Filling in for Nick Reed this morning, Bruce Beatles and Mark Long. And uh, somewhere running around the studio, the dream interpreting wizard, Sarah Myers. She's. Uh, even know where she is she she kind of ditched us i thought she was going to hang out with us today i was hoping she would but uh any rate we were talking a little bit about uh you know some of the the things you know you were talking about you know buying that soda 
during the break, we were talking about the kind of that drive-through difference, you know, going through and and uh, when when you go through and you realize the person in front of you has paid for your meal. Um, one of the things that I enjoy doing every so often, we'll we'll set aside some money and. You know, whether it's a, a $10 bill or a 20 or, you know, occasionally even a 50 or something, fold it up and just hand it to somebody. And, you know, you just run into that person or or uh, one of the things that, that got me when I my first Thanksgiving out on my own, uh, I was in the grocery store line and somebody I didn't have enough. I was buying a TV dinner, a Swanson TV dinner and uh, some rolls, pills the end of the little pop open dose roll thing and. I didn't have enough, and somebody bought that, paid for that little extra, and, uh, man, that just made all the difference. So I always try to, to do that. But, you know, we've talked about some of the things of that we can do for others. Um, what are some of the things that she talked about? And I, and I know that, you know, when, you're, when you've got that gratitude and you've got that generosity, that does help your own happiness. What are some of the other things that she talked about? Well, going back to just what you said, it's funny because we grew up poor as a kid, Um we were on food stamps and Social Security, and on Thanksgiving and on Christmas Day, the local church delivered these brown paper bags, and it had a turkey in it, it had stuffing and yam and mashed potatoes and everything else. And literally, if we didn't get that, we would not have turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes yeah. on the holidays. And that was when I was 10, 11, 12 years old, and I remember that to this day. And how their generosity uh, really made a difference in my life. So um, I think going back to displaying random acts of kindness and be generous with your your resources is really beneficial. And I think it brings a lot of happiness both to the receiver and to the, um, to the to giver. The giver yeah. Yeah. Uh, a couple other things that she talks about is is that, you know, happy people have a tendency to – not overthink situations, not read too much into the actions of others. They're not envious, you know, they don't. Maybe that's why I'm happy. I'm just kind of <laughs> clueless. I walk around in a cloud all day. Maybe maybe that's the key. <laughs> my my wife, you know, for those that don't know me, I, I worked law enforcement for 30 years prior to my current uh, job. And it's funny because when you do that, you, you become acutely aware mm-hmm. of your surroundings. You know, when you walk into a restaurant, you always head over to the corner and your back's to the wall. Um, yeah. Everywhere you go, you're you're sizing people up. You know, you, you throw people into buckets, suspect witnesses and um, <laughs> and others, so in uh, victims. Um, so, you know, it's, it's funny, but becoming acutely aware isn't necessarily a beneficial trait. You can become oh. cynical. You pick up on things. Uh, you see things that you don't want to see. My wife, she goes through and she doesn't do any of that. And she's way happier than I am. So, uh, but going back to Dr. Laura Santos, the other thing, you know, she says, live in the present, reminisce about good times and happy events, and work to build future good times. Um, you, you have to have something to look forward to. You have to create new positive memories. And and those are those are some of the other traits of of happy people, you know. It says overall, happy people were highly social. Mm-hmm. They had stronger romantic and other social relationships than less happy groups. They were more extroverted, more agreeable, less neurotic. They nurtured friends and social connections. They were involved and had a say in their surroundings. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because I uh, several years ago I went from from doing 
Center City Youth Ministry here in Springfield and moved out to the middle of nowhere. And I don't know, there was something about being away from everything that was kind of <laughs> <laughs> kind of nice. So it, uh, yeah, no, it 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 does. It it takes uh, it takes a, a lot of a lot of people, a lot of interaction to really. You know, if you're alone too much, it does. You you kind of get caught in your own thoughts, and you if you become alone too for too long, yeah, you 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 go on this loop, this negative loop, and that's not positive. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 104.1. It is the Nick Reed Show, filling in for Nick Reed this morning. I'm Bruce Beatles here with Mark Long. And uh, the KSGF dog walking expert somewhere around here, Sarah Myers. We, uh, we've been talking about happiness. I've gotten some text messages already from people that are listening to us saying that uh, they're happy and uh, <laughs> they're happy that we're happy and uh, I don't know, all of that. But we're going to shift gears. Let's uh, hit the forecast here real quick. Uh, today, partly sunny, high near 39, wind chill values as low as 2. Tonight, mostly clear, low around 29, wind chill values as low as 21. Wednesday, sunny with a high near 53. The day I'm waiting for, Thursday, partly sunny with a high of 64. Come on, spring, you can do it. Friday, mostly cloudy with a high around 54. Saturday, time to get a little bit wet, high near 54. We are... uh, we are talking about all kinds of stuff today. We're going to we're going to shift gears. We've been talking about happiness. Now we're going to take a little bit of time to talk about um your workplace. I know that as an employer mark you you deal with it, I'm sure. I know we deal with it all the time. Um and it's so much more so I think since since COVID. I'm so sick of talking about COVID and the effects and all of that, but what happened to everybody that used to work? I'm not sure. Um I think there's this this trend amongst younger people that you know they they rely on others to take care of them. Yeah. I, I I don't know what happened to the um, desire. I I wanted to get a job when I I have had a job since I've been twelve. Yeah. Uh, I had a paper route when I was twelve years old. I went door to door salesman uh, subscription newspapers. Uh, uh, for the Daily Star Progress, um, you know, I worked as a maintenance man in the apartment complex that we lived in when I was 14 years old and learned to lay tile and hang drapes. And, and I don't see that amongst this generation. I don't know yeah. what happened with it. Yeah, I had. Yeah. Like you, I had two paper routes there in Orange County, in Anaheim, uh, California. You're you're dealing again, for those of you who don't understand, you're dealing with two co-hosts here who uh have California roots and we both escaped. So <laughs> we're, we're glad to be out of California, but, um, you know, I had the paper routes when I was in eighth grade, uh, was when I started plumbing. Um, right. I was cutting and threading galvanized pipe because that's what we used back then dragging it under for this cranky old plumber. And, and, uh, you know, those, those days are, of course, obviously kids can't run that. And I'm kind of horrified that I ran that equipment when I was in eighth grade. Hey, I still have my arms. Um, but what happened? I don't know. You know, it's um, there's a recent article um, that I read, and it said the problem with over the past half century in the United States is the fastest growing group of guys has been workforce dropouts, the prime age men who are neither working nor looking for work. Mm. That's just that's just amazing. Um, and, you know, I, I used to think that it was just the trades and I, I was able to put that off on 
the emphasis on college and the emphasis on getting that four-year degree and, and you know, getting a white-collar job and, and doing some of that. And, but I think, it's, I think it's beyond that. Nowadays, boy, if you, want, if you want to own the world, go in and get a trade. You yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, so many people who've graduated from college, um, you know, like the, incredible, the movie The Incredibles, um, <laughs> when he says when uh, everybody's special, nobody is. Yeah. When everybody has a degree, they, they sort of become meaningless. And right. actually the trades have taken on kind of increased importance. Yeah. Because you have people unwilling to do those, so they become a more valuable trade. Skilled labor becomes much more valuable. I guarantee you, if you if you had a plumbing background this week uh, <laughs> that we just had, uh, you made bank, uh, or you at least had the ability to make bank. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's if your toilet backs up, I don't care how bad the economy is. If your toilet backs up, you're getting somebody out there, right? You know, it's it's funny because. There's there's this confluence of these influences that seem to have taken away some of the incentive to work. You know, it's uh, the office says, but um, we see the results in the number of men who have chosen to play video games over workplace, no longer desire to serve their country in the military, yeah. which we have seen in declining military enlistments. Um, there's uh, they take opioids instead of engaging in personal interaction. They spend too much time on social media. They become passive, advocate their traditional roles as leaders and providers. Yeah, you know all of that is so true, and it's it's the things that that you know pull away and it's so much focus on the on the feels. How do I how do I feel? And you know you mentioned the the opiates and and social media. You know any of that addiction stuff that just pulls away. And I think social media is every bit as as uh, uh, dangerous from a from an addiction standpoint as as you know any of the rest. No, it doesn't have some of the physical effects, but it has the psychological effects that you know it just it just shuts people shut down. They're not able to keep moving. Well, you know, one of the other factors I think that it, when we stop stigmatizing divorce, when mm-hmm. uh, when we celebrated, you know, single mothers, um, kids raised without a father, they, you know, the the family starts to break down. It leaves many many of these kids directionless. Right. You know, I I firmly believe that it takes a mom and a dad to raise a kid, and 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 that there's benefits to that. Um, yeah, and there's so much evidence for that, you know, that, that you look at, you know, prison populations. Um, they're, they're by and large uh, kids that were raised in a single-parent family, didn't have that dad figure. Right. And uh, it's hard. You know, the the author says, and this cycle is now perpetrating itself with every succeeding generation, and purpleless men beget more purpleless men. Purpleless yeah. men. So, anyway, I think we're ready for a break. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Springfield's Talk 1041. Hey, look, I actually am here, believe it or not. I've been doing the, the news and the weather, um, so I've been running around. But I wanted to pop in here real quick and tell you about my friends over at Beatles Property Maintenance. Now, this is kind of weird because Bruce is literally sitting right across from me, and I feel like he could just fire me right on the spot. I don't think he will, though, but <laughs> well, hopefully not. Now, first things first, Beatles is spelled B-E-A-D-L-E-S, and what do they do? Well, 
They do a variety of home repairs and maintenance. Now, as we kind of move into that new year, you might have a resolution of getting some things done around your home, but you're not exactly sure who to call, who do you trust. That's why I want to recommend my friends over at the Beatles Property Maintenance Team. They can do a variety of repairs for you. Maybe you need some crawl space issues done. Maybe you need a new vapor barrier, or maybe you need a new bathroom remodel. Either way, the Beatles Property Maintenance Team, they've got you covered. You can find all of their contact information housed at ksgf.com under the Sarah's Endorsements tab. Now, back to you guys. Well, thank you, man. I feel like she's just all complimentary this morning. (laughs) That's what I do. I wanted to hear your next term for her. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to wait until I walk out of the room for that one. No, no. She is is the uh, KSGF Morning Show dance choreographer. Well, let me tell you, I've had about two cups of coffee right now, and I'm like jittery. I've been filling in for everybody else, so I'm kind of like running around like crazy. So (laughs) I feel really calm coming into the studio. This is my home turf, if you will. You're going to take a little vacation after all of this? uh... Uh, You know what? I just might. (laughs) I just might. Yeah, it's been, been hectic this morning. Well, you can go ahead and do the do the happy dance over there and just, uh, yeah, hey, she's got the moves. Yeah, there you do. <laughs> <laughs> any rate, we are talking about uh, workplace and men and what has happened to to all of the employees. Where has where has everybody gone? I'm not sure where they've gone, but they're not in the workplace. <laughs> they're home playing video games and um, apparently taking opioids. So. <laughs> Oh, they've gone somewhere. I know that we uh, we struggle, you know, just trying to find people that that want to work. And then the the ones that that do show up, you know, are they are they willing to, you know, really give that effort? Are they willing to care about what they do? Or are they just, you know, we have a a former employee who just he felt like, you know, uh, I I showed up. I deserve X, Y, and Z. And it's like, well, you've you've got to do the the quality and and that just wasn't a priority well you know it's it's interesting that there's a lot of employees that do they show up to work and they immediately expect to um uh, be celebrated for their contributions without actually contributing yeah um you know i think it it was there was a problem that trend growing that covid exacerbated there were um government handouts that were paying people to stay at home um you know, a lot of the companies, when you tell someone that you can work from home and, and really your contribution isn't monitored or checked or anything else, um, I you have to wonder what their true contribution is. And, and the expectation is is, is that you're going to celebrate, you know, the amount of work I do without. And I think they're coming to realize that, no, you're you're really not as essential as you think you are. Yeah. One of the things we do in our morning meetings, we give a chance for shout outs and uh, let the employees build each other up, mm-hmm. you know, let them call out, hey, so-and-so did this, so-and-so did that. You know, One of the things we do is is when we get a positive review from um, our customers, um, we give them a monetary race or a, a bonus, I should say. And, yeah. and it's it's not significant, but you know what? It really encourages them to um, interact with the customer. Mm-hmm. Uh, more effectively uh, to it increases their likelihood of them doing a great job. Um, and, and it just models good behavior for everybody else to see when someone's when one of the crew members sees, Oh, he's getting a, a little bonus for doing for a positive review. Yeah. Uh, I want that positive review as well. Yeah. 
So, yeah, it's it's a challenge. It's a, it's a real struggle because where, where do we find now people? Um, you know, we get on and, and uh, go on the, the job, the, the help wanted sites now that is a cash cow. Um, I guess that's probably what I should have gotten into was <laughs> opening up a website for applicants to, to fill out. Um, you know, it, it's just it's hard to find people. And then when you want to be selective about who you bring in that, you know, which I, I don't want just somebody out there. Well, you know, I want a, somebody that cares. I want somebody that, you know. As as an employer, it's it's interesting when I when I worked for the sheriff's department when we would we would be looking for applicants we would open up we would have a thousand applicants within the first few hours we'd have to close the recruitment okay and then you whittle them down and only five hundred would show up and then you know you whittle it down further and and out of a thousand applicants you might get ten trained law enforcement officers so you think about that when you have four thousand person department how many you have to go through and cycle through. And it's funny, you your expectations are derived from that experience. And then you run a small business where you run an ad and you get two applicants. Um, and two of them don't show up. You, you set appointments uh, for them to come in and interview and two of them don't show up. You have a zero show, uh, yeah. appearance rate. Well, and I know that I know that every every business owner or anybody that works in human resources is listening to this going – Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because literally everybody that I talk to is dealing with this this same thing. Uh, we've hired people, and then never heard from them again. Right. We've had people come in and do a week of work, and vanish. Right. And they don't even come back for their paycheck. I've had that as well. <laughs> I've had people say they're going to show up for an interview, not show up for an interview. It's funny. I, you, I've read a lot of books on how to interview people. And, hey, you know, you hire for attitude, train for skill. And, and all the expectations and all the tricks and, uh, that you've learned, you can't even apply to this generation of applicants because they don't show up. They don't have the attitude. Um, it, it's It's a real challenge. So – all right. Well, we're going to take a break. We've got some uh, good stuff coming up uh, the top of the hour. We've got somebody coming in that we're going to talk to uh, that kind of fits in right in really with this. Um, I think it's kind of a solution. I'm a, I'm a solution-based guy. And, and I think that'll bring a lot of happiness. <laughs> Here we go. We're going to tie this whole morning together. This is Bruce Beatles with Mark Long on your KSGF morning program. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 104.1. listening to the Nick Reed Show. Guest host this morning, I am Bruce Beatles here with Mark Long and the soundboard ninja Sarah Myers running around trying to keep up with everybody this morning. We've been talking about a number of things this morning. We started off talking about uh, just general happiness, which uh, is a little bit elusive. We may talk about that a little bit more coming up uh, a little later. But uh, currently we've been talking about men at work and what has happened, not men at work, the group, although you know, I kind of miss those days, the 80s and all the good music. And, yes, yeah, Sarah's over here. She's, she's I say men at work, she's on it. Um, but, uh, you know, what has happened to uh, so many of those people that were in the workplace and uh, have just kind of vanished? Um, if anybody knows where those people are, by golly, we would love to, uh, to, you know what? We could interview those people if they wanted to come in. Um, the missing, the missing people. Do you suppose we'd get any of those to come in and, and, uh, talk to us a little bit? 
I hope so. <laughs> but we can't find them. So, <laughs> so at any rate, um, so we are uh, we are here uh, talking about uh, men at work and what has happened. Um, I just I am uh, I am amazed that uh, what, what how do people pay the bills? Well, I think a lot of government programs are there or, you know, a, the the same parents that raised them that didn't expect much from them continue to <laughs> continue to sponsor them. There was a yeah. senator recently elected that until recently lived in his basement with his parents. So, well, there's uh, that. I don't I don't understand that. But uh, and, you know, he's going to he's going to try to uh, make sure that there are uh, government programs to enable other people to do exactly what he's done. So exactly it. Uh, you know, it doesn't I, see anything wrong with it. I uh, it 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 causes me to have a whole lot more respect for the people that are getting up every day. You know, we've got we've got people that come to work for us, and and we've got a couple of single parents, and you know, they are juggling kids and schedules and everything else, just trying to trying to make sure that they're able to come in, and and then they they show up and they do a great job for me every day, and they they give it great effort, and you know, you just appreciate you appreciate those people to begin with. Right. But when you see what they're up against uh, from the time they leave the building until the time they show up the next morning, and then they're on and they're there for you. And, uh, yeah, it just so much so much more um, respect for those people that that just give and give and give. Well, you know, one of the things um, I noticed as I drove around on Christmas Eve, scurrying around trying to get my final uh, last-minute shopping done. <laughs> because you're a guy, and as guys, we do uh, shop last-minute shopping. My wife is the world's best shopper. Uh, she shops way in advance. She has presents bought in July. She makes notes of people, hey, I think Bruce would really like this yeah. in April. And then she buys it, and then she wraps it, and it's it's the best present ever. When um, Before we downsized and lived in a much smaller house, um, my wife would go the after Christmas sales. Remember when those were a thing? Yeah. And uh, she'd buy Christmas presents for the next year. I'm like, y- you're you're kidding, right? You're. She's like, well, oh, this is when the price is right. So you know, we pick it up now. Yeah. My my wife, she's she like I say, she's a master at understanding what what good gifts are. Um, <laughs> and she will she buys me the best gift. She buys for the entire family. And the only person I buy for is her. And there I'm out. Um, and I run into a buddy of mine, uh, actually two days before Christmas at the mall. And he's there by, doing the same thing I'm doing. You went to the mall? I went to the mall. I oh. braved the mall. But going back to that, it's funny because when, when I'm driving out on the road, I see work trucks. <laughs> and you see people that are going to work. And I used to take that for granted. And now you know, you just have a new appreciation for people who are willing to Show yeah. up for work and to do the work and and to take a little pride in it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I mean, it it is brutal. I know that uh, you know we've we uh, headhunters have a have a lot uh, bigger bounties to work with these days, and and uh, you know you train I, people, you you bring them up, and and uh, you hope they stick with it. And, you know, I, I I just think the the two biggest challenges that we as employers face are one is is expectations from employees coming in. Um, they expect to, um, you know, be highly regarded the second they walk in the door, which in my case they are because they showed up to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but the other thing is, is is that there are so many competing 
programs that they can get money from so many different places, whether it be unemployment, uh, relatives, parents, et cetera, that allow them not to work. Um, it really becomes a challenging um, challenging environment for employers to really get people to show up. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we actually started doing some four-day weeks. We've got a crew of people that, that do four-day weeks, the four tens. Yeah. Um, they drive a – most of those guys on that shift drive a distance uh, to work. They're driving an hour-plus into work every day. And so, you know, hey, if we can save you a day's worth of gas. Right. Uh, was kind of the motivation behind that. Hey, come in, knock out four tens, and uh, move on. Right. Um, well, you know, we talked about earlier. I think I think really what a lot of younger people need and they lack oftentimes is is a mentor. You yeah. know, someone that can uh, hold their hand, explain the work environment to them, uh, what the expectations are, kind of bring them along and. Um, during the next segment, uh, we have a guest speaker that's going to talk a little bit about a program. Yeah, yeah, I like I mentioned I, I like solutions, and uh, I think that uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited about this next segment. Be able to talk about some of the solutions, and yeah, we've got to we've got to care about our people. We've got to do what we can to develop them and invest in them, and and uh, I think by bringing these young people along, mentoring them, it makes for a better society. Mm-hmm. It makes for a better community. Um, and it's a win-win for everybody. So, all right, we're out. We will see you just after the top of the hour.